Greetings, and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life. This is your host, Bullyproof expert, Ziggler certified life coach, and master martial artist, Rich Grogan. I want to tell you, bullying is real, and it negatively affects millions of people every single day. And oftentimes, the meanest, nastiest bully we'll ever face is the bully within, the bully named Fear. And that bully causes an endless amount of anxiety and depression. Now, I know this from personal experience, and that's why I've spent the last 30-plus years of my life empowering kids, parents, teens, and adults with hope and the confidence to believe in themselves to stand up to any bully they're facing, both real and in their mind. I'm so excited and so grateful you're joining me. Now, let's become bullyproof and live our best kick in life. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. Master Grogan here, ready to rock your world with another outstanding episode, and this is episode number 269, and it's the weekly spotlight show, the Monday show, and you know, the Monday show is where we highlight someone in the, uh, well, in the world. We've had uh, guests from all over the world now on the show who's doing their part to make society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by empowering others, by utilizing their God-given talents to stand up for what they believe in, for what is right, to empower others to believe in themselves. And collectively, that's how we're going to do it, folks. All of us working together to make society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. The, our weekly spotlight guest today, he's been on the show a handful of times. He's a great personal friend, a great mentor, great leader. I could keep going on and on and on. But in a nutshell... You've heard me talk about him on many shows before, and you've actually heard him on the podcast several times, as I mentioned, but his whole, I guess, uh, calling, he calls his martial arts academy one, one of everybody working together, and his little catchphrase, which I've picked up on many times and kind of twisted it around to make something similar on my own, is helping others live their best possible life. Your best possible life. He does that with his business. He does that with his studio. He does it in his life with his kids. He does that with, he's known as a disruptor in the martial arts community and a disruptor, a disruptor excuse me, in a good way of just kind of breaking the norm, breaking what, you know, just because it's always been that way doesn't always mean it's right. Who am I talking about? Great friend, great mentor, just an outstanding Christian human being, my buddy, Professor Brandon Beliso. Professor, how are we doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you, sir. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, well, I'm so grateful for you. Um, well, the uh, um, I always try and get as much info on the bio there because I know it's always I always hate when I go on a show and someone says, "Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself." You almost feel kind of awkward, so I try and do that for you. But if there's something I may have missed, please share it with the listeners on uh, on you know the incredible things that you're doing. No, I, I mean it all falls under my purpose of living your best life. So whether I'm speaking at Harvard or whether I'm talking to a small business owner on the phone or leading a meditation or running my mentoring group. And of course the schools, I think it's, it's really about understanding what is your why and what is your purpose here. And knowing that I think makes everything pretty amazing. I mean, whether I was a janitor or whether I was an entrepreneur or whether I was a martial arts owner, it would make no difference as long as I'm living that purpose. You know, uh, I, I think that's because there's going to be days you make a lot of money. There's going to be days you don't make money. So if money is your God and money is the reason why you do what you do, then good economy, you'll do well. Bad economy, you're going to suffer. And I share with entrepreneurs all the time that money is a byproduct of doing, uh, number one, what you love. But you can only do what you love if you know what your purpose is. Fantastic. And, and you've, you've helped me in so many ways when I first met you. And I know we've, we've talked about this on other shows before, just kind of the, the vibe that you put out of really being a truly genuine, open human being wanting to help out others. And, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, I won't, we won't go through the whole thing again, because folks can listen to uh, different episodes that we've been on or you've been on before, but just that willingness to help, you know, willingness to stay up the wee hours of the morning to help someone who may be struggling or someone who's really um, maybe me, I didn't know what a why was uh, back when we first met. I uh, never even heard of that term before. So, you know, there's millions out there that kind of are in that same boat. 
but you being open enough and humble enough to to make me feel good about myself. And you had said something before that really just hit my heart, and I, I'll never forget it. I was on the show. I had said, you know, I wondered, what what's this guy, you know, seeing me? Why is he talking to me? Why is he giving me the time? And you had said, uh, well, you, you may have never stopped and thought that maybe you saw something in me that was going to empower and help you to help out others as well. So it was kind of a, a tra- uh, almost like a um, – uh, transverse energy going back and forth between the two of us here, that synergy that we created and you create with so many others. And I'm grateful because you, you've helped empower me. And now I'm able to do this on the show with the video blogs and our studios continuing to grow all from those little things and that self-confidence that you, you never realize how deep or how impactful that can be in the lives of so many. And I know you've done that in the lives of so many to, to the point where I'm grateful. You're well, thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very good for every day I get to wake up and make that difference. And a selfless life is, is powerful. And I don't mean codependent, unbalanced, unhealthy either. I think life is a balance. And if you can't scale and monetize what you do to the point where you take care of your family, your team, give back to the community, then that's something uh, as a small business owner I would reevaluate. You know, Kevin Durant said this to the Olympic basketball team in practice, and and I thought it was very profound. He said, you're special. That's why you're here. You know, he said that to the team. And it's fundamentally what I say to you and I say to everybody else in the world is you are special. That's why you're here. I know we hear a lot from social media and we'll read, you know, nobody gives a damn what you think. Nobody cares. (laughs) You know, and so... But God cares. And that's what I think has helped me a lot through foster homes, uh, being molested as a child, physical beating, welfare, food stamps, my sister dying at an early age, is if I'm special in God's eyes, then it doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. And if I can embrace that, then I don't can, don't get consumed with the negativity of self-pity and self-loathing and poor me, poor me. Why does this happen to me? No. Like this whole pandemic, I've seen it as a positive and people look at me like I'm nuts. But it's a choice and that mindset that we strive to cultivate. Um, it's like a muscle. It's something you have to work on, but it is a conscious choice every day. I mean, why is it that domestic violence, suicide, addiction, is at its all-time high during this pandemic. Now, other than a medicinal chemical imbalance, I'm not a doctor. I I won't have that discussion about people who are medicated. I'm just saying when you're sitting there and you have the choice, right, to put this in my body or go for a run, right, to punch my wife in the face or go pray. I mean, everybody has a choice. Everybody has a choice. And what spaces did for me is God has taught me I do have a choice. I think what causes the suffering and the despair is when people don't believe they have a choice. Oh, that's powerful in so many ways. And um, and, I, and forgive me, I forgot to mention, but uh, your book, Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger, you talk about uh, a lot of those, uh, minus the pandemic, it was written before that, a couple of years before, mm-hmm. but uh, those same things you just talked about, about your sister, about, you know, being abused as a kid and then, you know, at uh, uh, kind of giving people hope. Look, you're not going to get that. You're not going to be able to pull yourself back up if you continue to whelm that uh, the victim mindset. You've got to change that because, as you just said, you've got a choice, which is it's tough. It's easier just to lay there. But, of course, in the long run, you're going to continue laying there expecting somebody else to pick you up. So, yeah, your, your book, and forgive me for forgetting to bring that up. Uh, excellent. And, and folks, I've, I've got the hardback or the, the paperback copy I've read and highlighted the heck out of, and then also the Audible version. And uh, Brandon himself narrates the book. And listeners all, that listen all the time, you know how much I love it when the author narrates his own book because they can really emphasize the key points, and you can tell what was really on their heart uh, when they wrote it by the way they narrate it. So how's the book's doing well, I, I'm hoping and guessing, especially now with uh, everything yeah. that's going on? Yeah. Well, especially through the pandemic, yeah. the Audible version really took off. Um, and, and I was blessed. I got to narrate that in the studio that Spielberg 
conceptualized Jurassic Park with George Lucas and oh concept of Star Wars as well. Yeah, because, you know, Lucas is from the Bay Area. Sure. And so it was pretty amazing just to sit in a chair and wonder, did he sit here? You know, did they come up with the character of Luke Skywalker <laughs> sitting at this table where I'm narrating the book? Um, and I think it's, it's, it's the springboard off of that. It's very important that we recognize addictions go beyond traditional things like alcohol, drugs. Social media is a huge addiction, a huge addiction. And I share that with people passionately because there's some young girl right now that will not post a selfie of herself unless she's ran it through 50 filters and made her eyes bigger and her skin perfect and 10 pounds lighter. Um, that's appalling. Talk about diminishing self-worth and self-esteem or the young person who posts something at TikTok, and if they don't get 300 views or likes, yep. they're not leaving the house. They're not leaving the house. So the whole illusion that, I mean, I think between all my different groups, I have like 20,000 friends. I don't have 20,000 friends. That's insane. Most of the people I don't even know there or I've never talked to, yep. they simply follow me. So it's important to recognize social media as another form of addiction and how it's shaping the way, not just young people, but how people think in general. And so to be mindful of that and what is the purpose of social media and why is it there? It might start out innocently as post like comments, see what my old high school friends are doing, like it started back at Harvard, right? right. It was designed so guys could meet girls. Right? These nerdy guys sitting in the dorm room, Zuckerberg and his guys <laughs> wanted to meet girls. And it was a good way to do that. And it's changed into something totally different where we're a slave to the machine. We're yeah. a slave to social media and fashion and, and what's put out there. So I think one, as adults, we need to be very mindful uh, what social media means. Because, you know, when you, you said that about being authentic um, a few minutes ago, it's important. Trust is the last true form of marketing for the small business people out there. And trust is the, if you want to market yourself to a girl or a guy potentially, or you want to market yourself to your family, or you want to market yourself to a team or a job you're applying for, trust is the biggest thing. Trust. Wait. And that's something you, that's something you don't buy. Nope. You can't fabricate. Yeah. You can't, you know, create a, a fake profile at Facebook. It's something you earn through your every thought, word, and action. And I think that's been very powerful for my businesses coming through the pandemic is that we've consistently been there for our tribe and they trust us. And so I think that's real important. Well, they certainly do. And, you know, a big thing you've often shared with me is uh, you're kind of a little a phrase you've said a lot is, hey, I I'm me. Warts and all, this is me. And by being yeah. that, you know, when being out there, being kind of in the public spotlight here and having all the followers, unfortunately, we attract uh, people. And I don't like to call them haters because uh, they, they're if they're being rude, mean and disrespectful to somebody else, they've got enough problems. I don't want to bury them saying they're a hater, but they're, they're not at peace with themselves. So they try and dig at somebody else. But you, by being so transparent and so warts and all, you know, you lay it all out in your book. It's almost like, well, yeah, that's me. What are they going to dig at you? And then you go with the next approach, you love block and delete, which I gave a little presentation today to a group of middle school leaders. And that's what I mentioned about that on social media. You're going to have people out there that try and dig at you. Look, don't hate them. Just love them and yourself, because God says you're supposed to love everybody, but love yourself enough to block and delete them. Therefore, you don't have to deal with that, and you don't have to waste your energy, which is, in a sense, I consider bullying yourself. When you waste energy on people that either don't want your message or you're trying to defend yourself against somebody who doesn't know you, you're not spending your time helping empowering somebody else. So not only are you bullying yourself by feeling bad, you're bullying somebody else who needs your attention, who needs you at your best. And that's, uh, you know, another thing you had mentioned to me years ago about taking care of myself first and foremost, because if I'm not at my best, I can't serve at my best and can't be 100% and give 100% to those that need me. And I think that's a great point you brought up. Uh, and I know you've had that conversation many, many times. But uh, if you want to elaborate on that just a little bit more, how important it is to be at your best in order to serve at your best so you can take care of the people that really need you. Yeah, that's, that's I've had that conversation in so many different ways with so many different people. You know, Hanshi Kovar said this to me one time. He said, you know, 
ask one of your kids, how high can they kick? The kid will put their hand out about two feet off the ground. And he said, then you hold that pat at three feet and ask him to kick it. And I guarantee you they will kick it. So what he, what he means by that is that people will always aim low, right? There's that old saying, under promise, over deliver. Yeah. There's, there's nothing ambitious with that. I say over promise and over deliver. And that comes down to loving yourself. Absolutely. Right? You, you, you've got to make huge promises to yourself. And then you've got to wake up every day and deliver upon it. Now we all fall off the wagon. You know, halfway into this COVID, I looked down and I had a COVID belly. So I promptly, you know, went into game mode, dropped 25, 26 pounds, and you know, I'm back to where I want to be. But it's that type of awareness that I feel grateful for that many people never have. Right? They'll sit there and go work some job they hate, wake up 40 years from now with a gold yep. watch and a pension, and go, what the hell happened in my life? They're mentally unhappy. They're emotionally unhappy. They're physically unhappy. And foremost, they're spiritually unhappy. And for me, that's really, when we talk about living your best life, it's not my life. you got to figure that out. And for me, my relationship with God is very personal. Right? That's what a Christian is. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. Nobody can tell you what that means, what it should mean. They can't quote scripture and interpret it for you. I mean, that's the big mystery, right? Yep. When we die, we don't know. It's a mystery. And that's that mystery we seek every day to redefine, to rediscover, to explore. Every day, I recognize that as much as I love God, that it's still a mystery, the relationship we have. But it keeps this spark of curiosity where I'm always trying to figure out, well, okay, well, what do you want from me today, God? What's going on here? You know, last June, July, when we had those huge fires here in California, we're completely locked down, right? We're running eight virtual studios and we're just teaching like crazy online. I walk outside at 12 noon and it's midnight. I couldn't believe it. The skies were so black from the fires and mm. the smoke. I'm standing outside going, is this, is this it? Is this revelation? Is this the end of the world? What's going on here? But never was my faith wavered. Never. Because that's the one thing I understand, that if I don't take care of myself spiritually, where a lot of people in the world take care of themselves just physically and mentally. Physically and mentally. They work out a lot. They make a lot of money. You know, they've got their... But it's that spiritual aspect that I think the world is starving for. The world is starving for that spiritual connection. And if in some small way we connect with one person today that finds God yeah. or finds their spiritual purpose, then we've done our job. Or if we get a higher understanding through this conversation of why we choose, because it is God gives us free will. Yes, he does. Why do we choose? Why do we choose to profess God's love and mercy? Why do we choose to, you know, do our best, right? Warts and all. Warts because, and all. Yeah, because I'm born a sinner. It's a done day. So, but what some people say, well, forget it. If I'm a sinner, I'm just going to sin till the cows come home. No, I say, you know, it's not about being sinless. It's about sinning less. And you're going to fall off the sinless. wagon. You're going to make mistakes. But God knows that. He made me. He knows what he flaws knows, I yeah. have. He knows what warts, warts I have. So I'm not going to try to do a song and dance and smoke and mirrors. God, you can't fool God. So I don't even bother with that. <laughs> that's I don't so even bother with that. Right. And, and, and sir, if that's my relationship, first and foremost, I'm not trying to post a selfie with a bunch of filters. I, I, you know me. I mean, you see oh, yeah. my social media. My social media work is what I am. And that's it. And that's important because otherwise, I'm spending all my time and energy perpetrating a fraud smoke and mirrors, manipulating. And that's, I never get to that person that, that God made because that's the last thing I want to be. No, I, I need a selfie filter. Yeah, but, you know, the, but it's God made you, and this is who yep. you are. No, 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 no. Um, I'm going to pretend I'm this and say I've done this and that. And, this and I'm, you know, in our industry, we get a lot of that. Oh. People's websites pop up, and they've been on every TV show and which you watch, which, and they've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that comes from not having a relationship with God. Because if you, you wouldn't be afraid to speak your truth. But instead, 
You're trying to win every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. Get the likes, get the comments, let your algorithm spike, right? Because that's, you don't know thyself. You got to know who you are. You really do. And that path of self-discovery is very revealing because it will, at some point on that path of self-discovery, God will be in that path and you have to make a choice. Do I want a spiritual life or not? Yep. That's simple. When, it comes right down to that. Absolutely. My, my grandma used to always say to me when I was a kid, uh, I mean, literally every single day, we uh, grew up on a farm and she had a farmhouse next door where we lived and kind of is all one big farm area. But uh, she would say, Richie, are you putting God first? I mean, every single day. And oftentimes I would, uh, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's the truth. I would lie and say yes, just so she would stop asking. But I wasn't. You know, and it grew up and going to church. And uh, my, my father, he was uh, always uh, against the church because he thought they were a bunch of hypocrites. That's just who dad was. I, I love dad. I love you, dad. I got to see him yesterday. And he's getting a little bit older now. He's a, a, a severely wounded Vietnam vet. He's at 101st Airborne Division. So he had his take on life. And uh, he, he believed in raising with the iron fist. It was almost like a the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue, couldn't have been a boy named Richie, growing up on a farm, eight years old, milking yeah. a cow. And uh, he let me know, hey, the world's tough. And uh, I'm gonna. he never said, I'm going to be hard on you because the world, he, he never said it. He just did it. And he kind of lived by the uh, philosophy and unfortunately still does to this day. If you don't trust anybody, you're never going to get taken advantage of. You're never going to get hurt. And that's how you become tough. And that's how you become a man. Well, my mom and my grandma on the other side were, Richie, it's better to trust everybody. If you're wrong a few times, then so be it. Learn from it. And it was kind of a, a yin and yang balance there. And I would go popping from side to side, knowing that I wanted that path down the middle that separates the yin and the yang. But that's like a razor's edge, which is difficult to walk on and kind of brings up just Tuesday uh, of the week here, uh, I meet at 6.30 in the morning for a church, men's church group, kind of a small group setting, and we review whatever was discussed that week, uh, that Sunday, uh, the, the message. And this week we talked about uh, Philippians 4.13 was the main message, and that happens to be a cross that I wear around my neck, and I wear it on the outside of my shirt now, just it says, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the kind of the message on that was, does that mean you can really do anything through Christ, or... Does it mean that you can do your will, or I'm sorry, God's will, Christ's will, through your talents? Meaning, hey, as long as I say I can do it through God, I can gamble, I can drink, I can smoke, I can get away with it, I won't get pulled over. No, 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 that's not what that means, but people misinterpret that. It's I can do anything of my God-given abilities to please God and please Christ. And I thought that was really, really powerful and kind of talking about what you'd said with warts and all, and uh, we've all got our strengths and we all got our areas of improvement right and but learning that balance and learning to utilize those strengths because we are one in 7.7 billion on this planet to be our very very best but at the same time it was brought up about having uh, uh, guardrails like there's guardrails on a highway especially on a turn and what those guardrails are for is because if you hit those guardrails or bump into them you're going to correct your path Well, if you have no guardrails in life, before you know it, you've slid off down the hill there. And the further you get away from your line, the harder is it to get back. So I thought it was a great point you had brought up there. Yeah, and and I think people often, out of convenience, out of fear, out of self-will, and we want to manipulate the Word of God to our own advantage. And that's why your father believed a lot of people in church are hypocrites, because they are. You know, when I see these guys, yeah, you see these guys on TV, God told me if I don't get a million dollars by Sunday, <laughs> I'm gonna, it's just like, really? But the more you, the more you give, the more prayer you get, right? <laughs> yeah. And someone's going to fall for that. Yep. Or the one running around about, you know, the miracle water and money. If you buy this miracle mm-hmm. water, that money's magically going to appear. Talk about feeding on people's fear and manipulating God's word. Well, if you believe in God, you better believe in the devil. If you believe in good, you better believe in evil. The yin and the yang. And and what you're talking about, that razor's edge, sir. Mr. Miyagi said it so well in Karate Kid. You walk on the left side of the road, you're safe. You walk on the right side of the road, you're safe. You walk down the middle, you're going to get hit by a truck. Yep. Right? So I get that. And it's not so much about choosing a side. And it's not so much, you see, I don't look at it as, Here's the middle of the road. Here's the left of the road. Here's the right of the road. No, if I'm God-centered, there's no need for a road. It's infinite. 
That's I can literally move in any direction. I can literally branch out. And I have. I mean, I've worked in branding with people. I've worked in purpose. I've worked in rotating curriculum. I can talk about systems. I can develop leadership. Because the infinite path of living your best life is not a straight, narrow path to the left, right, and a middle. So I don't see guardrails. I don't. Because there is no road. Because if it's a mystery, then God will put me wherever I'm supposed to be. See, the challenge with people, we're always trying to get there, right? Yep. You talk to someone, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not quite there not yet. Not quite there yet. You yep. know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But if you look at it, where am I right now? Here, I'm with you. This is the only place I can be, is here. And if I take 10 steps to the other side of my house, I'm not there. It's just another version of here. And that's what we tend to miss. That's why we hear in so many different formats. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Yep. You know, a thousand mile journey begins with a single step. And what they're saying in that, that single step is about being fully engaged and present in the moment, in the here and now. Oh, that's, that's it. Fantastic. Because I, it, yeah, because once I walk to the other side of the house, that's just a different here. It really is. So when we say, I'm not there yet, what we're saying is, I don't trust God. What we're saying is, I can't be grateful for what I have versus what I don't have. And you've heard me say that one. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass <laughs> is greener. It's greener where you water it, yeah. right? And, and being here is looking at that grass beneath your feet and being grateful. It really is. Oh, absolutely. It, it really is. And so gratitude to me is one of the highest forms of love. And I teach it in a gratitude meditation that I'm grateful with every breath I'm given every day I wake up. I mean, I'll be 60 in January. So technically, one might say I have more years behind me than I do in front of me, right? And, and I do. I wake up with such a sense of gratitude every day, even through this pandemic, no matter how challenging, to wake up every day and kiss my wife one more time. You know, and, and now we got an espresso machine because I wanted to cut my bill at, at tea coffee. And so now I make her a little cup of espresso when I make mine. Any little thing that shows you your faith is real, real. And gratitude is that. I got a bum knee from all the years of kicking, you know, and I'm grateful I have a leg. Yep. Okay. It's, it's really that. But see, for me, that's an act of faith. To wake up every day and be disgruntled and pissed off and angry, you know, at the politics, the pandemic, the economy, whatever the case may be, for me personally, is a lack of faith. Well, and to take it a step well further, the the lack of faith, obviously, that uh, there's either faith or fear, right? They're, they're kind of uh, yep. opposites. Yep. So you focus on the yeah, fear, yeah. you're going to lose the faith, the yin and yang, right? Exactly. And I always think kind uh, of contribute a lot of these things to I call it self bullying. And, you know, I learned a lot of that from, from, from you uh, mentioning about not being at your best, not living your best life and living your best life is in every area. That doesn't mean the world's all sunshine and rainbows. Doesn't mean you're not going to nope. get knocked down. Doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, the bad things are going to happen to you. It's how you respond afterwards. And yet, obviously you've said so well in so many different examples here and folks listen if this first time you're listening or maybe uh, you haven't heard professor brandon beliso speak before i highly encourage you to follow him online and he's the real deal warts and all his book is incredible uh you can it's a real easy read but it's genuine and from the heart and you're going to take away so much from that and i often encourage folks you read something or you hear something you like read it or listen to it more than once because you're always going to pick up on something you missed the first, second, or third time. Zig Ziglar uh, mentions that a lot. He encouraged you to listen to his stuff, uh, you know, at least a dozen times, and you're going to swear each time you listen to it, it's a different book because you're going to be a higher level of learning than you were the first, second, third, or fourth time you listen to it, so you're going to pick up on something else. Plus, you may be in a different state, either good or bad, so you're going to pick up on something there. And uh, Absolutely. Professor, it, it's uh, absolutely incredible the, the things you, you, you've, you've not only done, but the fact I didn't realize uh, that you're going to be turning 60 in January. So my yeah. goodness, kudos to you and our, our you know mutual great friend, Hanchi Kovar and mentor. He, uh, he always talks about kind of establish the attitude and the mindset that 
the best is yet to come. The best years are ahead of us, not the glory days and focusing so much on the glory days. And you can look back and reflect on, you know, what happened in the past, but oftentimes it's not as good as it was or as bad as it was because we sometimes twist things around and then we say, oh man, back in the good old days, no, 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 the best, the best days are yet ahead of us. And if we take care of the days, that's what Hanchi always says, take care of the days, the weeks, months, and years will take care of themselves. And that's like that journey of a thousand miles, one step at a time. But you had mentioned, if you don't have that faith, you don't have that guiding light, you don't have that spiritual component, then you're going to be drifting aimlessly. And I I say that with the utmost humility, because for the longest time, I didn't have that spiritual side. I was baptized in 2017, and I always wanted to be a Christian. But a lot of times it was more convenient for me just to do the easier thing. And uh, it never took the easy path in regards to working hard uh, to to impress people, but that was almost misguided. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Instead of trying to help people, I was doing it to impress people. And who was I impressing and who was I spending the most time really associating with? Sure as heck wasn't God. <laughs> yeah, and it takes so much wasted energy to perpetrate a fraud, yep. you know, dress a certain way, drive a certain car, keep up with the Joneses. All of those are indications that you're not content with yourself. You know, if I've got to look across the street at my neighbor's yard and go, you know, look at my neighbor, look what they have. I'm definitely not looking in my own backyard. And that's such, that's, I mean, think of that's the grass like greener thing, right? The grass greener. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's why something like a tabloid, like the Inquirer sells millions of copies or that silly show TMZ. People love other people's misery. That way they don't have to look at themselves and, 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 and really, it's just one more distraction. And all these distractions are put there to distance yourself from yourself and who's inside of you, God. And, and that's, a very, but that's a very lonely journey at first, right? When you're searching in the dark, trying to anchor yourself yeah. and find that light, you know, the true journey is inward because that's where it all begins. And that's where it's going to end when, when, when everything's done and said. You know, a rich man can't take anything when he dies. So all the toys we collect, all the yep. stuff we gather, all of that, it, it's all superficial. It's all transient. But the relationship you have with God for yourself is everlasting, right? Eternity. We hear that all the time. And I read that this morning. Somebody had, had posted that, you know, if you have God here, you're, you're going to live forever. And that's what does forever mean. Nobody knows, right? I mean, everything here is so finite. Relationships yep. are finite. Our life is so finite. A job has an ending. A sports career has an ending. Everything has an end. So to even conceptualize everlasting eternity forever, it's something you see on a Hallmark reading card. Yep. That's about as far as we get. But to really not even, because to comprehend that's pretty hard to do. But to have that faith, to believe that, that's, that's pretty bizarre. And that's why people, you know, they laugh. So let me get this straight. You yeah. look up to the sky and you pray to this invisible you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I could pick up a bottle and get drunk. Sure. I mean, it's all a choice. And I'd much rather have, you know, for the lack of the better word, good orderly direction. Well, one man's poison is another man's riches. What's good orderly <laughs> direction? That's why, you know, that's why it's a personal relationship. Yep. I would never get into a debate with somebody about God because it, it's, it's silly. I like that, the personal relationship. Yeah, you're going to take something away from it, uh, maybe differently than I do, even though we agree Mm -hmm. on a lot of things, you know, both being Christians and, you know, striving and driving to work hard to make the society a happier, healthier, safer place to live, help people live their uh, best possible life. But I I don't know the relationship you have with God, and and you don't know mine. And that's just like, you know, you've got vision that I'll never see. Because God gave you that vision, and I've got vision that you'll never see. And that's, I think that's a good point that I, uh, I really try and strive and push for the well, listeners is you've got something that not everybody's going to see, and that's okay. Live that. That's your per- And what you, what you kind of said there, Professor, about that is your personal relationship with God. I think that's really, really profound. Uh, I, I never really looked at it that way. Well, and it's important. And I think the reason we look for at least congregations or other people to commune with because the yin to the yang. You got some crazy guy right now, you know, strapping a bomb on his body and he's doing it, you know, in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. So you have to be mindful how it's so easy to take something like that and skew it and manipulate it. So we want to be mindful that every day we're trying to shed that type of thinking 
so before I speak, before I, I got on the call with you, I just say, God, let me be an instrument of your will. Speak through me, talk through me. But make no mistake, I'm an individual. Each one of us are special and different. So I'm not sheep being led to slaughter. Just the opposite. It's just the opposite. I'm a sheep leading the way. And people go, what? A sheep can lead? Yes, it can. Look at Mother Teresa. Look at Gandhi. Look at Martin Luther King. Look at Bishop Tutu. We can go on and on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lead with, with, with a gun and a sword. You don't have to lead with political rhetoric and hurt people. You, you can actually lead passively and have that sense of faith that people refuse because they look at it as a weakness, right? Yep. It's a weakness. And I think the, the greatest strength I have, and this might sound a little machismo, as a man is my vulnerability. My ability to be sensitive, my ability to have, be empathetic, my ability to be understanding, that that takes a lot of faith. It's much easier just to want to kick him in the face, right? <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. It's simple. It, it's it, a simple reaction. And we know being bullied growing up, that's why we got into the martial arts, to protect ourselves from bullies. Right. And your bully, like my bully, was my father. And I couldn't wait for the day I was big enough to beat him up, you know? And and we, we, we came to blows. And, and that, that was a bizarre day. That was a bizarre day. Yeah, and for but, I had one similar. It was, uh, at the same time, it was a, a, a day where I felt, I don't know, like, a, a proud of myself, but at the same time, I was... I, I don't know that I've ever felt worse in my life. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's kind of that yin yang. We keep going back to that. But the uh, the big part you brought up, and, and I think the uh, listeners, kind of uh, how I come to know and, and meet Professor Brandon Belisa the first time, kind of the same thing about other uh, mentors in my life that it just, I, I, I love, we, we don't talk as often as I'd like, because we're all busy with our own things. But, you know, I follow you and watch your things and think and grow and how I can be better. But the same thing with like Melody Johnson and uh, 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 Chip Towns and Hanshi Kovar, uh, Leon Rogers was on a couple weeks ago on the podcast, just people out there doing the little things, but doing it their own unique way. But it's all about empowering others. So my whole point is you are who you surround yourself with. Jim Rome said that years ago. Your percentage yeah. of the four to five people you surround yourself with, you surround yourself with surround four yourself. successful think, uh, thinking people, people that are striving and helping others, you're going to be the fifth. However, if you surround yourself with four people that, you know, uh, play the victim card, wallow in self-pity, why me and la, 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 the world owes me, I'm entitled. Gosh darn it, you're going to start thinking that way. Whether you want to or not, you know, you're around people that smoke. If you don't smoke, sooner or later you're going to start. You know, if you don't uh, uh, drink or whatever the case may be, you will be a percentage of that. So I strongly urge you, and then the people I have on the show are people that I know that I'm I'm a, a fan of and uh, a, a, a brother or sister of because we had uh, Andrea Harkins was on uh, about a month ago and then uh, Karen Eden Herndon was on. Just people that are doing their part in different areas, but you are who you surround yourself with. And I'm blessed beyond words to, well, to have you on the show and call you a friend and the fact that uh, I literally I could reach out at any given time to you and anybody else I mentioned and, and, and you would be there for me. And I want you to know that it's obviously it's the same way on the other end. If I could ever do anything for you and folks listening, I'm telling you, that's who you want in your life. Uh, those people that are going to drive you on the right path and help you find your inner best to live, as Professor says, your best life. Yeah. And, and I think the yin to the yang that I still strive for before I open my mouth, and I want to make sure that I don't climb on the soapbox of self-righteousness yes. either. You know, just, just because I found God doesn't mean anybody else has to find him, right? I, I was on this podcast in England, and they asked me this question, you know, well, with all your wisdom and where you are in life today, what would you go back and tell your 20-year-old self? And my answer was nothing. So what do you mean? You have all this wisdom. Why wouldn't you? Because I don't want to be messing up my 20-year-old game. When I was 20, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, right? I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And that's being a knucklehead, making mistakes, falling down, being an idiot. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the rite of passage, yep. right? I'm going to go mess up my 20-year-old game by telling them he has to be this way and that way. No. And that's why, you know, some of the people you speak about, we are getting a bit older. We are supposed to have freaking wisdom because Muhammad Ali said that really well. If I behave the way I do at 50, the way I was when I was 20, I've learned nothing. Yep. Nothing. 
each decade of our life offers us different learning and it's a different perspective. And like you said, I don't want to go back and talk about the good old days because I'm not 20 years old. It's irrelevant. It has no bearing on my life today. The lessons learned, you know, all of that, great. But it's really, I, I think for me, being here and now with you, that's the only thing that matters. And when we finish this call, you know, I'll hop into another, and that's all that matters. And so that's why I believe people say time's going by so fast. No, it isn't. 60 seconds is still in a unit of measure. <laughs> 60 seconds. That's a great it's point. It's still 60 seconds, sir. It's yep. still 60 seconds. It's that's because you're either living in the past or you're living in the future. But if you can be in this one word, not my sentence, one word at a time, you're fully engaged. Yep. Right. Instead, if you're sitting there going, well, I've got to do some other interviews today and later on, you're going to miss it. And Bruce Lee said that so poignantly, right, and enter the dragon. The finger is pointing to the moon. <laughs> but don't don't concentrate on the finger or you'll miss all the heavenly glory. And I take it a step further. That finger we're talking about is the one we start pointing at people as we become more self-righteous and we become so godly. Yeah. And that's you what center. I think goes yep. wrong. Yep. Yeah. But. It, it takes great courage to wake up every day and go, okay, my poop stinks like everybody else's. I put my pant leg on one leg at a time like everybody else, you know. And someone said, we are not in the same boat. You live in a $2 million home. I rent an apartment. No, we are. We are. My bills are just bigger than yours. That's all that comes down to, you know, when the day's done. So I have to make more money to cover it. But really... Like God said, it's going to be harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to get to the eye of a needle. Mm, yep. That's not, but that's no reason not to be financially rich. Well, God never I said, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. God right. never said you should uh, you should suffer unnecessarily, you know. And uh, nope. uh, and what here's the thing that I found because well, my grandma never said it, and she was very careful. I, I didn't uh, trying. She passed away uh, ten years ago now, but her messages and she what she did for me is, and even my dad and, and everybody else that's been a part of my life, I realize that now it's my goal, what I do when I speak to the youth and uh, middle school, teenagers, college students, is to plant seeds in their mental garden in hopes that they grasp that seed, they water, nurture that seed, or the soil grass, but I should say, and it grows into something. Because here it is a decade later after my grandma passed away and her messages ring more true today than they did years and years ago when I was a little kid. And uh, obviously I didn't know at the time, but she never used the one um, money is the root of all evil. And I thought she had it first because she was very dirt poor. She grew up during the Great Depression and then I'm sorry, she grew up at the end of World War One, then the Great Depression, World War Two. So she 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 was a, a hardened woman, but she always put God first. But she never used the thing. Money is the root of all evil. And uh, looking back, she'd said it's a root. And uh, the message I didn't get at the time, because we grew up poor and, um, you know, parents always had problems with people that had money and this and that. And that's just the way they grew up. And as I got a little older, I started finding out, yeah, money can create opportunities that weren't there before. It's going to allow me to travel more and visit uh, people and give presentations that I wasn't able to before. It's what you do with it. But it's uh, grandma's message was it's a root of all evil, just like alcohol, just like drugs, just like porn addiction, just like, you know, anything else that you put ahead of God. That's the root of all evil. And I think that's a message. Sometimes it gets misconstrued and people say, well, I don't want to be rich because uh, it's a root of all evil. Well, I'm going to yeah. obviously get with you on this one, sir. And uh, no, it's not. It allows and affords opportunities that I, I never had before. You know, I spent just two weeks ago, a whole week in Dallas, Texas with the Ziegler family, with Tom and Cindy and Julie Ziegler and other Ziegler legacy certified uh, speakers, trainers, coaches. My goodness, you, you, it, if I wouldn't have had the funds to do that, I wouldn't have the opportunity to spend with them and continue to learn the Ziegler message and pass that on. And obviously he That's was fine. huge about where you are, where your feet are, be there. Don't be here on the podcast, but your mind is somewhere else. You know, your feet are here, your mind needs to be here. Same thing at home, which I was, I'm getting better at because I'm consciously focused on it. And folks, please, if you're with your kids, cherish that time. Be there with them. Don't be thinking about work. It's it's easy to do, but uh, the years have gone by, and now I have regret that I didn't spend as much time with my kids as I would have liked to. But I've learned it now. I'm sharing it with you. So please learn from my goofs, my errors, my mistakes, which, by the way, I never used to share before because I couldn't show flaw. I couldn't show that I wasn't Master Grogan, King of the Universe. What a bunch of crap that was. Now I'm Master yeah, Learner it Grogan. It is. 
you, you know, I, I was with my older son. I have an older son who's in his 40s. A lot of people don't know that. Um, we were sitting at a Giants game, and we're sitting behind first base, I don't know, $300 seats, and people are bringing us food, and he goes, wow, Papa, this is pretty cool. And I looked at him, I said, how is this any cooler than 20 years ago when we had to park the car a mile away? <laughs> we had hot, we, we brought our hot dogs wrapped up in aluminum foil and snuck them into the game <laughs> with our little bottle of pop, and we flattened the bleachers for $2. Yep. We were still together, and yep. we were still able to enjoy the sport of baseball, which you love. So what is different other than the material things around us? Well, the seats are a lot better. I said, yeah, but 20 years ago, you didn't care what seat you were in. You were just happy to be at the game. Well, even longer, it's going to be 40 years. Yeah. It's 40. So, you know, it's all relative. For me, money, I was taught the same thing growing up poor. Money is the root of all evil. What do you think? I'm made of money? <laughs> Grow on what trees. <laughs> money grows on trees? Well, and if I had thought that way, I'd still be probably on welfare and food stamps. You know, when I'm able to take money and help people, when I'm able to sit on the phone and talk to somebody who can't pay me, who's struggling as a small business owner, and be confident I have the resources to take care of my family, my team, and give back to the community, then that's a good day. That's a very good day. And so when we recognize that money's just a vehicle yep. and that it's what I do with that money is really the difference. If I take that money and, you know, buy a bunch of bonds and use them to hurt people, that's a bad day. I take that same currency and I use it to plant a tree in a park that's going to provide oxygen to and, and help the climate. It's the same money. It's just, it's really people choose to be evil. And that's the choice. When we go back to the whole free will thing, yep. the whole free will. You know, I'm a simple guy. You know me, I wear a pair of Converse. My car's paid for. Yeah, I could be driving a very expensive car wearing a Rolex watch and a Brooks Brothers suit. That's not who I am. So why would I do that? Why I would I do that? That gets right back to the, what we first started talking about because I got a lot of, um, kind of the primary audience, and I'm blessed, is, is moms uh, and, and females and even middle school, or I guess a few middle school, but high school and uh, college kids, which I'm blessed. That's why I try and share the messages. Well, with you, we're talking about planting the seeds, but also reminding them, you know, uh, you have to be you. No one, no one is ever going to be you. No one's going to ever be better than you. You're going to be the best you you can be. And if we get in the comparison game and we try and put up, um, now I don't even know how that works. You'd mentioned that uh, I guess social media, or I'm sorry, what do you say, selfie filters. That, that's camouflaging who you are. And unfortunately, I think that's really leading to a, um, you know, these kids get out there. Simon Sinek, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and his books. He talks about the um, kids are able to put filters on everything around social media, kind of their, I don't say private life, but what they do behind the screens or behind the, the, the camera screen. But when they get out and the real world hits them in the teeth, they, they don't know how to handle it because they can't put a filter on that. And unfortunately, that's when they start taking their own lives due to the anxiety, depression, and suicide because they can't camouflage or cover that up because they've covered it up for so long that they forget who they are. They become almost like attracted to that mask. They're hiding behind that mask. So what you had said there about, hey, you got to be you. The right people will connect with you. You know, I was just being me, and I was able to connect with, obviously, you, sir, and uh, so many others. But it wasn't always like that. I tried to fit in where I didn't belong, and uh, it didn't feel comfortable. I call it that proverbial round hole. Everybody wants to fit in there because that's the yeah, in crowd. But, man, you're crammed I in know. there like sardines, and it's a really the most <clears throat> uncomfortable thing. You don't trust any of them because, one, you know who they are. That's not the right group. So is it easy to find the right group? Well, yes and no. The hardest step is stepping outside that proverbial round hole, but they're out there waiting to connect with, waiting at uh, the top of an escalator at the uh, uh, Venetian Hotel was when I first met you, sir. <laughs> I remember in front of that candy store. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, I, th I think we sat there and ate chocolate-covered gummy bears while we talked. <laughs> we, we did. And uh, I knew, I mean, you're busy, and you took the time to ta uh, talk to me and my wife. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful. And, uh, and folks, it, it, you, you've heard me say this on other episodes, but Professor Beliso is the one that hit me with, uh, I call it right hook reality, in the chops there. Uh, this was after we started connecting more regularly after that meeting at the Venetian at the Martial Arts Super Show. 
you had told me that I got to start working my way off the mat and start really developing my team more because you had said, have you ever stopped and thought about what would happen to your academy? What would happen to everything you're trying to build if you would get sick? And of course, my approach then was, well, yeah, but I'm not going to get sick. I'll be fine. And you'd said in the most humble way, look, check the ego. Let's let's talk about continuing your legacy on. And that may have made the exact words you use, but that's what I heard. And you've got to start doing that. But without that, well, it wouldn't be in a position I'm in right now. And uh, the listeners, I'd kind of dripped a little drippings here. Uh, I'm actually move, stepping away from the academy. I uh, did a video not too long ago on it. Our uh, head instructor, Nathan Wilkening, he's going to be managing the academy. He's been our head instructor for some time. He's been charged of the leadership program. And uh, we're moving to Florida where I want to continue building on what we had started here in the Edwardsville, Illinois area. So those listeners in Edwardsville, please. That's going to be different. Nathan's going to run it. He's going to do an incredible job. He's been with me 16 years. He understands our core values, our principles, our black belt principles, our creeds, and he's going to give you great service. But we're going to step out and continue doing what we can to make a bigger splash and a bigger impact in the world. But Professor Bliso, it was those little conversations, those little droppings, planting those seeds in the most subtle, humble way that you do. And then, you know, you pop in a right hook every once in a while too. And that's where your disruptors coming in, disrupting that maybe limited mindset or limited thinking pattern. Cause I, I was with the Federation for 26 years that had that limited mindset. You couldn't have a successful studio and quality students at the same time. If you're making money, then you've sold out. You know, that's what brainwashed in my head. When I see you and others, Hanji Kovar, which are doing amazing things, Melody Johnson, I'm like, holy cow, there is a way to do both. It's not easy, but there is a way. So thank you, sir, for, for, for that. I wanted uh, the listeners to know, I've mentioned your name no, all the time. Absolutely. Now you're on the air. Absolutely. I, I think to add to that, you know, is that we have this unlimited potential. And this is, you know, I know you, you mentioned you have a lot of moms listening to this podcast. I humbly admire graciously what a woman does that chooses to stay at home and take care of kids or a single mom I see at the bus stop who's mm-hmm. getting this kid to school and going to work all day. I think if women ran the world, there'd be no war. I truly, truly believe that. And that's firsthand experience growing up with four sisters. And do not discount ever what you do. I grew up without a mom. My mom left my dad at an early age. And so I understand what it's like not to have a mother by the grace of God, I had many surrogate mother figures in my life, throughout my life, and I'm very blessed for that. So I was able to experience a mother's love. And me and my mom always had a relationship. It just wasn't the traditional. So, but I think often we discount the mom that you see at Trader Joe's, the mom who's picking up the kids at school, the mom who's dropping the kids off at soccer or karate, the mom who's rushing home to make dinner. Do not discount that. What The work that you do is probably of one of the highest levels because it keeps the fundamental value and fabric of family together. And I watch my wife, you know, and she does it. She teaches a couple of kickboxing classes a week, but beyond that, her devotion, her commitment is to our family. And I witness that each and every day with every meal that I bite, with every time, you know, she drags me along to some vacation I never planned that I probably <laughs> wouldn't have the gumption, oh my wouldn't have the gumption to put together. Right? I do. I just say, okay, where am I going so I can pack my bag? We're going here. Okay, great. Wonderful. I don't plan the meals or anything. And I enjoy that because it allows me to do what I do. And it's a good balance. But beyond that, I believe from that type of devotion, from that type of commitment, that any woman could create a business and be so successful with it. They've already proven their Yep. loyalty, their trust, their dependability, their reliability. You know, they work through the worst of conditions. And my wife's got a sinus infection right now. And she just left the house with the kids to take them to go, you know, play with other kids so they can socialize. You know, her commitment is just unwavering and it inspires me. Yeah. You know, I'm again, I'm, I'm a very simple man. This home we live in is because it's what my family wants and my family deserves. Me, I, I'm, I'm happy in a box. It doesn't matter to me. But to be able to give my family what they deserve and to know that they have a home to come to always. Like I said, that's to my wife. Are we ever going to sell this house? You know, we have a million dollars of equity in it. Blah, blah, blah. She goes, no, I'm going to die here. 
and this house would be left for the kids. Great. That's Easy fantastic. day. Easy day. And so I, I, I just, to the women out there, please know that what you do, because I know kids can be the most ungrateful people in the world just because you're there all the time. Yep. It's not that they don't value you. It's just you're there all the time. So it's easy on a human level to take people for granted. And I've done the same too. I have to remember to say thank you more. I have to remember to always be present when she's speaking to me. But if you can take that as your inertia, as your fuel to do other things, because those kids are going to grow up, they're going to move out, and they're going to go on. And you'll have a lot of great memories of Christmases and birthdays and Little League and things like that. But make no mistake, people who open businesses in their 50s are more successful than people who open businesses in their 20s. And I'm witnessing that more and more. Women own businesses from some housewife that developed this or that. I would love to see more of that, a lot more of that. That's fantastic. And, and men, uh, that are listeners, we've got a you know, great audience of men as well. Take that to heart. You know, we got to humble ourselves. Uh, I, I've been bankrupt twice, had a house foreclosed on, cars repossessed, lost my Harley, uh, first bought, and uh, uh, all because running a business was not my thing. I was not very good at it. and uh, mm-hmm. But I was a macho man. I had to do it all on my own. And my wife, Oh my! Pretty much ever since we were married, it was my sugar mama. She was a nurse. So I was uh, I was a teacher, and then tr- struggling to keep start an academy and a business and everything else. When she quit her job in 2014 and took over all the administrative duties, plus the fact that uh, I started surrounding myself with people like Professor Beliso and many others, that was a one-two punch that helped out. But I had to humble myself in order to make that happen, which wasn't easy. You know, and uh, my ego, I look back now, all that was was a superficial, fragile shell to cover up my own insecurities inside. It's almost like I was looking over my shoulder always for the hypocrite police because I didn't feel genuine and true about who I was because I wasn't. I was trying to make up for my own insecurities. And that's tough for for men to do that. And ladies that are listening, you know, have have your husbands listen to this podcast as well. It's a good humbling experience, but that also creates that synergy and that harmony between you. And obviously the, uh, the divorce is at an astronomical rate. And uh, the biggest reason, lack of communication, not talking, not yeah. sharing your feelings and uh, expressing, e- or utilizing each other's strengths. Fantastic. And well, especially being a man, right? Oh, Suck it up, man. man. Suck it up. You know, but I've learned, and my wife said that, I, I said to her, you know, you, you never praise me much. She goes, you're your own cheerleader. You don't need that. <laughs> I said, yeah, okay. Well, you know, I recognize that and I'm cool with that and I'm totally cool with that because I am the leader of the band. I am yep. the, the patriarch. But on the flip side of that, what, what I recognize is communication is a lot more than just verbal. Yes. Right. It's a lot more. And then I'll see some social media posts or she'll say, wow, my husband did blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, and, and so I, I think it's important that we recognize life on life terms is real valuable and everyone's different. And we know that I divorce you because you no longer fit my needs. Yep. Okay. Well, how about we grow together? How about we adapt? How about we, you know, I've only been married once and that's my intention. And so death do us part as final as that might seem for me is important. But that's why I waited until I was in my forties to get married. I wanted to make sure with the commitment that I was not only willing, but committed coming out of the gate. That's important to me. That's just, and again, what are your values, right? Yep. Makes back to your values. Yeah. If someone's beating their wife every day and messing around and they're an alcoholic, I don't know if she should stay in that relationship, Mm. right? Maybe she should leave that. I'm not one to say, Uh, um, I feel very blessed that that's not any challenges that we have today. But, you know, my father was very abusive. My mom, I'm glad she left my father. That was the smartest thing she could have done for herself. And I get that. I get that. Would have been nice if she took us with her, but that's not what happened. So I think it's just, again, going back to the whole faith thing, and we'll wrap up with that today, is that find your faith and don't let anybody tell you different. You know, you know me, and at the end of all my talks, what do I say? Don't listen to me. Don't (laughs) listen to anybody else. Figure it out for yourself. Seriously, and in, in, in figuring out for yourself, I think you'll find God. You really will. You'll find your faith, right? Sure, and, and that's important. Your faith. Yeah. 
your connection, like we, we right. said earlier, your personal connection. And, uh, you know, folks, mm-hmm. uh, Professor Beliso always mentions that, hey, it's not, yeah, you can you can learn something from me. I, I always compare everything I try and do now to the old uh, Bruce Lee philosophy. You take it all in, you disregard what isn't for you, what isn't working right for you, does not fit your core values. And with that being said, Professor Beliso was very instrumental in, in me and same with Hanchikova about establishing core values. Because without those core values, what do you really stand for? So you got to have your core values. Sit down and write down what's meaningful to you and kind of sh- craft your core values, meaning you're not going to bend, you're not going to uh, breach those core values. But like he says, take it all in, the, is aligning with your core values, and then most importantly, remember to add your essence, your flavor, your God-given talent to make it uniquely your own. And that's what you mentioned uh, just about every talk I've ever heard you say. That's it. You don't have to listen to me. But take what you've learned from me and then apply it to help you be your very, very best. And that's fantastic. Well, and, and just to, sum it, to summarize that, if you don't have core values, you don't know what is yep. good information to take in. Yep. You have no vision, right? And so as, as the saying went by O.S. Smith, we're drowning in information mm-hmm. and starving for wisdom. And for me today, that wisdom is faith. That's the starting point. Gosh darn! Well, I know you and I could talk for another two hours nonstop here, but mm-hmm. I know you got uh, um, other appointments and uh, goodness, sir. Call me anytime. I'll uh, I'll be happy to come back and and talk some more. We will definitely do it just again. Like, yeah, just yeah. So, you know, we're really going through some times as a world, yeah. and for me, this whole past year and a half has been a test of faith, or finding faith, or living stronger in faith. Yep, it but really the key is. Word nobody, there, faith. No one, it's the key yeah. word. Yeah, but but no, nobody's going to blame anybody or slight them for becoming an alcoholic during this pandemic. Blame it on the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got divorced. Blame it on the pandemic. Poor me, poor me. All right, a lot of people. No one's <laughs> wagging a finger at you for leaving your wife or divorcing your husband or messing around with the neighbor. We're in a pandemic. Oh, I'm overweight, out of shape, and unhealthy. Oh, it's because of the pandemic. But yeah, it's, nobody would slight you for that. Yeah. Or it could be a great opportunity to show the world, here's faith, and this is why faith is so important. And it's kind of, you're saying, it, blame it on a pandemic. It's that old song from, what, the 70s, Blame It on the Rain, or 70s, I don't yeah. know when it was. Blame yeah. it on the yeah. rain. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah. that song's been played. That tune's been played. You know, write your own yes, tune. <laughs> yes, Gosh darn. I, I just, uh, I love talking to you, sir. I love you uh, like, a, like a brother, as a mentor, as a personal friend. Thank you so very much for everything. You're very welcome. You're very welcome, my brother. Gosh darn. Well, um, folks, uh, uh, this is episode 269. We're going to keep moving forward. Um, We've got, uh, as I mentioned, moving to Florida here. So we're going to make a few changes with the podcast. We're going to continue doing three shows a week, though. We're going to have the Monday weekly spotlight show where we spotlight a special uh, guest that's doing their part to make society happier, healthier, and safer place to live. The Wednesday Wisdom Show. In the last several Wednesdays, it's all been about parenting wisdom, just some guides and tips about uh, what I've learned through the art of parenting and what I'm still learning, but also sharing with you and uh, trying to help you know, keep you from making some of the same mistakes that I've made. Most of it is uh, not giving the quality time to the kiddos. So make sure you tune in on the Wednesday show. And the Friday is the Friday feel good challenge to give you a little weekend quick hit, uh, seven to 10 minutes, a little challenge to uh, empower you to do something a little different to make your life a little better, as Professor Blisa would say, to live your best life. And to live your best life is in all areas, the, the mental, the spiritual, and the physical, that martial arts triangle kind of balanced. Good stuff. Well, you can find Professor online. He's everywhere. And please check out his book. Uh, It's uh, available on Amazon and Audible. Check that baby out. it, 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 like I said, it's an easy read and uh, it, it's good, something you can share with your kiddos there uh, in regards to what he's learned. Uh, Lessons from Reluctant Tiger, fantastic. And he speaks from the heart. So check that baby out. It's Brandon Beliso. Uh, I think it's brandonbeliso.com. And then, of course, all the social yeah, media yeah. channels. And uh, what any parting wisdom? I, I kind of almost ended with a faith thing, but any last little yeah, tips for well, the listeners? No, just in the words of the late great George Michael, you got to have faith. <laughs> That's a mic drop right there. Gosh darn. Goodness. Well, I love you, sir. Thank you so very, very much. You, man. you have a blessed You're very day. very welcome. Tell your family Here's I said hi. Thank you, sir. All right, folks. I love you. God loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise 
You'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof, and you'll live your best kick in life. And as Zig Ziglar says, I only see you at the top. I'm going to see you over the top. God bless everybody. Talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please share this podcast with your kids, family members, or anyone else who could benefit from this empowering message. And I kindly ask that please remember that five-star review, if we've earned it, to let others know that you're a part of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life tribe. And until we talk again, remember, you do have the power to overcome your fears and battle through your challenges to stand up to any bully you're facing, both real and in your mind. So get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best, you'll become bullyproof, and you'll live your best kick in life. <laughs>